Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Okay, now we're recording. Okay. Hi. Hi. (sighs) (laughs) It's been a day. I'm exhausted after um, I had to go do a glucose test today so they had to like draw my blood and then I had to drink I know you've done this before and I'm just repeating what you already know but that I had to drink this nasty sugary drink honestly the drink wasn't as bad as I expected I got the fruit punch and I was the worst part was just you had to finish it within five minutes right yeah and I was like oh god (laughs) because it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of syrupy. Very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, it doesn't taste necessarily Yeah, bad. it doesn't taste terrible. It's just having to drink it and so it's quickly. Really and uh, it's overly sweet because that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to have nightmares about that drink for <laughs> oh, no. for a while, I think. Um, but yeah, and now my veins are all bruised from all the blood draws. So it's been it's been a morning. But, um, yeah. oh, I know. but we're here and we're drinking tea and we're going to talk about books and it's all is right. It's going to make everything better for this 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, it's me that goes first. I think you go first this time. I'm pretty sure. I think so too. So the book that I'm telling you about is a little difficult to explain the plot for so you're just gonna have to bear with me and trust me when I tell you that this book is amazing okay even if what I say doesn't sound super appealing because it's all over the place okay okay it's called The Shell Seekers by Rosamond Pilcher okay I've never heard of it have you heard of Rosamond Pilcher no okay she wrote Winter Solstice okay which is like a Christmassy, mm-hmm. not the, um, wherever it is on my shelf, not yeah, the yeah. Ellen Hildebrand no, no, Winter no. Solstice, mm-hmm. but um, it does have the same name. But it's Christmassy, it takes place, I think, in Scotland, and it's just a really sweet kind of wintry Christmas story. And I loved that one, and I heard that Shell Seekers was good. So um, I was going through my books that I have unread in my Libro FM app, and I'm trying to read more of those. That's one of my goals for this year is to go through a lot more of those. And this was one of them. So I started it. Um, and I had tried to start it several times before and just couldn't get into it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But this time worked for me. It's It was published in, I think, 1987. So oh, wow. It's, yeah. Okay. It's a very backlist title. Okay. Um, and it takes place in the 80s. So that makes sense that it would have been published in the 80s. Um but it takes place in Cornwall, England, which is kind of like a beach, the beachy part of England. Um, and at the heart of the story, we have Penelope Keeling. Um, she has just gone to the hospital. She had like a heart incident. She's older. Um, and she was like, I don't, I don't want to be in the hospital. I'm fine. I'm leaving. So she checks herself out. 
And she's trying to decide which of her three kids she's going to call to say like, hey, just so you know, I did this thing. So her three kids are Noel, Nancy, and Olivia. Nancy is the oldest. She's kind of awful. Oh. She's, yeah, just like, ugh, uppity and not great. She's married. She has a couple kids. And then Olivia is the middle daughter. Olivia's wonderful. Okay. We love Olivia. Okay. Penelope loves Olivia. You can tell that Penelope, like, is a great mother and loves all all three of her children equally, but, like, Olivia has a special place sure. in her heart. Mm-hmm. And then Noel is also awful, and he's <clears throat> just all about money and, yeah. Okay. So, um, Penelope's father was Lawrence Stern, and he was this famous painter, He wasn't super famous when he was alive, but for whatever reason, his paintings have become really popular all of a sudden, and they're selling for tons of money at auctions and stuff like that. And Penelope has a painting of her father's in her home. It's called The Shell Seekers, and Noel and Nancy are, like, trying to get her to auction Uh. this precious possession that she has like she's in the painting she's part of the painting okay and she wants to keep it and they're like no we need money sell sell the painting whatever so the story that's kind of the the base of the story but we see three different timelines we see current day with penelope and her kids and the paintings and whatever and then we see a few years ago um olivia had traveled to spain and lived with a guy there for a year um, and her mother came and visited her for a month while they were there so we see that timeline and then we also see back during world war ii when penelope was either like late teens or early 20s and she was part of the war effort she was like working you know i can't remember exactly what she wasn't a nurse or anything like that but she was part of the war effort she was also like still living with her parents she was going back and forth between london and working the war and her childhood home in a place called port caris okay and her father had this nice house there and whatever so in that timeline she meets her husband he's you know a soldier all that kind of stuff and there's more characters that i'm not even telling you about and so i know this sounds like a lot Mm -hmm. and probably not like super appealing like okay why do i care about this but it was a just really cozy story and really heartwarming and penelope is such a wonderful amazing character like she's just this fabulous wonderful loving heartwarming mother that you just adore um and like i said there's other characters that come into play that um you know we we get to know their story too and it never ever gets confusing or like oh wait which character is this what really hard to do sometimes yes it's a longer book, so it does allow for more of that development, but it still just was um, really well done, really well written, and I just felt so warm reading it. That's really all you can ask for, guys. <laughs> um, that's wonderful. It's so nice when a book can do that. Yes, and same for Winter Solstice. Just I try to read that every couple years around Christmas time. Because it's also just really heartwarming and lovely. And I'm assuming her other books are this way too. So I can't wait to read some others. But those are the two that I've read. And I highly recommend both of them. Awesome. So 
Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. That sounds like something that I'd be interested in. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about you didn't want, there's not too much to give away or like it's more of a feeling and... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of plot. Yeah. But I feel like if I started explaining all of that, you like your head it's would start much. to spin. Right. If you're not actively reading it, yeah. then it would be like, okay, wait, what? He went, right. what? <laughs> so. Okay. Well, I'm putting it on my list. Yay. Um, so my book was The Rewind by Allison Wynn Scott. Scotch. Have you read this? Mm-mm. It just came out in November. It was The published date was November 1st of last year. Okay. I don't... Last year. What? 2022. Oh my gosh. That was so long ago. Um, so this was on my list of books for upcoming books. I don't know. Oh, I can't I don't remember, remember if we that. talked about this one or not, but I feel like I did. Um, I will say it was not a five-star read for me. I enjoyed it. Like, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I can't get through this by any means. Nothing like that. Um, but I would give it maybe a 3.5. Maybe on a good day it was a 4. <laughs> um, I liked the time period. I liked some of the characters more than others. Um, I thought it was somewhat interesting, but some of it I felt not fully plausible. Okay. Which maybe was one of the reasons why I was like, meh. Um, but basically, Frankie, who is a girl... Frankie and Ezra broke up. This is another girl, Frankie. I know. Huh. Yeah. Um, For those of y'all who haven't listened to the most recent episodes, we've read a few books now who have Frankie as a main character girl. (laughs) That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, So Frankie and Ezra broke up 10 years ago right before they graduated from college. They dated for about two years in college, never had any arguments, very different personalities. Ezra was very... um, uh, tried and true, loyal, like really focused, driven about the future. And Frankie is a little more out there. Um, Frankie grew up with two parents who had a lot of money, but they got ma- they got pregnant when they were in college, like around twenty. They weren't planning to be parents. They had a really bad marriage, but they were wealthy, and so she kind of had everything at her disposal except parents who kind of had stability. <laughs> um, you know, which is kind of an important thing, <laughs> right? So we find out that she was actually a child prodigy in regard to um, music, like she picked up the piano when she was five and she started playing and her mom walked out of the kitchen and was like, what is going on? How did you learn that? And she was like, I don't know. I could just hear the notes. Like I knew what that was. Like she didn't know the names of the notes, but she knew that sound and how it went piece together. And so after that, her parents really pushed her into that type of life and it became too much for her. Mm. And she realized that's not what she wanted. Um, And so instead of going to like a Juilliard, which is where they wanted her to go, she went to this other school um, for college and was able to kind of reinvent herself. And so before she was really the structured person. And so in college, she was able to be out there. And so no one knew that she had this past part of her life, including Ezra. Mm. So um, he knew that there was issues with her parents, but really didn't have a grasp on the situation. Um, And... In present day, it's actually Y2K. Okay. Okay. So it's set in the 90s. Um, it's 10 years. So it was 10 years ago they broke up. It's 10 years later. They haven't spoken to each other really since that breakup. And it was a very um, bad, tumultuous breakup where before they never fought and they kind of really were a great couple and uh, everything seemed to be going well. 
Um, so it's 10 years later, they're on campus again for a mutual, two of their friends are getting married to each other that they went to college with that was in their friend group. And so it's New Year's Eve is when the wedding is taking place. She really wasn't going to go back. She's now kind of like a big hotshot music manager, and she manages the number one girls group in the world. Oh. Yeah. Girls group. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of a current, like, because there's so many boy bands, but are there any girl bands? I feel like they're I all mean, single. I mean, TLC. Uh, true. Uh, uh, oh, Destiny's, Destiny's Child. Child. Yeah. Okay. Um, but those, I mean, like, currently, I don't feel, I know this takes doesn't take place currently, right. but. Yeah, currently, that's not really, boy bands are not, boy bands and girl bands are really not that big of a thing now. It's more solo artists, I feel. There are still some boy bands. Like, what's that um, K-pop band that's so popular? Is that the Japanese? Or Korean. I think they're okay. Korean. But, yeah. Um, there's um, there's a few. But it's not it's like just it, mo- it, it's not the same. I just didn't think of it until you said that she manages the most popular girl band group that there really aren't that many of those. No. There's a lot more boy bands. I mean, bands. I think there was, you know, it's like everything's kind of a, a phase or a trend yeah. and popular at a certain time and the 90s was the time for that. Oh, for sure. So um, they're actually, they're called Night Vixen. Okay. And she discovered them and then became their manager. <laughs> and she has like perfect pitch and she can hear like, you know, so... She's um, doing really, really well. I think she lives in L.A. and she travels all around the world with them. And um, she didn't really want to come back. But April, her friend, really helped her whenever she broke up with Ezra. And so her other friend was like, you need to be here for April. Like, she wants you to be a bridesmaid. You need to come back and do this for her. You know, she really helped you when all that happened. And Frankie agreed, so she begrudgingly went back. She knew that she'd probably run into Ezra. Um, he assumed she wasn't going to come just because, like, her profile, like, her, you know, high life. And he was like, she's not going to make time for this. And then, of <laughs> course, she shows up. Um, <clears throat> so Ezra has sold. He had, like, a, I don't want to tell you what it was because it's kind of part of the story. But he created, it's not an app because there weren't apps then. But he created a program that he sold and made a lot of money off of it. So she thinks he was a lawyer because that was the track he was going down. Um, but he did not complete that. Okay. He, his mother ended up passing away whenever he was supposed to take the bar and he failed it. And he, then he just decided he wasn't doing it again after he did law school. So he, his mom had had a few bouts over the years with cancer and she finally did end up passing away after he, like years after he had left college. Um, Frankie knew about this, but she felt like there was too much time and too sensitive of issues based on their breakup to reach out to him, which she's always kind of felt bad about. So she never reached out when his mom passed away and her, his mom was always really sweet to her. Um, so Ezra is now, he's kind of trying to figure out the next thing that he wants to do. He has a meeting with Google, but he's not really sure. He doesn't really know, like, you know. What's a Google? (laughs) So... It's kind of interesting, like, those things of we know yeah. now, but at the time that that was foreign, you know, like, that that wasn't, that Google wasn't a name that people knew. Yeah. Um, so he has a girlfriend named Mimi who he's been dating for two years, and he met her, at, like, really soon after his mom had passed away, and um, he thinks that they're the perfect match. So they, she is part of a, the first dating apps 
Oh my gosh. But it's not really an app. I don't know what they call it. Blast from the past. So she starts this off and they met at this mixer, which he went to with a friend or he was at dinner and they were doing it at the restaurant and he, she happened to just talk to him. She's like, do you want to sign up? And he's like, no, I don't have any interest in this, you know, this online dating thing. It was online dating, not an app. Right. Not an app. Yeah. Um, and she basically tells him after he filled out his questionnaire that she made him fill out, oh my God, we are the perfect match. <laughs> so he's just like, okay. So they end up talking. They start dating. They're kind of inseparable. He thinks that they're perfect together, blah, blah, blah. But there's definitely cracks. And you're kind of like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> so he wants to propose to her at midnight. He thinks this is the best Wait, way. Wait, at the wedding? After the wedding. Right, at like midnight. At the- so the wedding's gonna end, but it's that night. But he, you know, okay. He he is the, you know, Y two K. He thinks that this is a big grand gesture. That this is the best time. He has his grandmother's ring to propose to her. Um, he's all excited, and then she is having trouble getting there. She lives somewhere else. She met, went to visit her family for Christmas. It's New Year's. She stayed. She didn't really want to come. But he was like, please, I really want you to come because he was planning to propose. Right. And, she kind of um, needs to be there for that. She was supposed to show up and then things start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do a very brief of kind of what transpired. So it's the night before the wedding, rehearsal dinner. Ezra and Frankie go to the rehearsal dinner. They're trying to avoid one another. Mimi has not shown up yet. She's not supposed to get in until later. And the dinner is at the library, like the school's library that they had. They like have this back room and they were able to have it catered and they're hanging out. And then after dinner, the two people getting married are like, by the way, we're going to do a scavenger hunt around campus and everyone's going to pick out of this hat who your partner is. So Frankie goes to pull her name, and of course it's Ezra. <laughs> yeah, I was like, She's let me guess. All like this is not good. So we, what we do know is that Ezra has um, a lot of anxiety issues, and so he was already nervous about having to see her and be around her. So he had taken a Xanax before <laughs> this party, and then also drank quite oh. a bit. Oh, and then their, smart. One of their friends had brought like moonshine. And so he, after he knew that he was going to be partnered with her, he started to kind of get anxious. He took a bit of this like heavy alcohol. Um, they decide they're going to pair up as like a foursome so that she, they don't have to be alone together. So they start doing this stuff. Well, slowly he's realizing that he's very intoxicated. She's very intoxicated because she's just put, pulling him back because she is uncomfortable. They're doing these things together. The night slowly starts going awry, but we don't know anything at first. What we know is that they wake up the next morning in Ezra's old dorm room (laughs) from like back in the day. Right. Like they're in the same Middleton, it's not Middleton, but like Middleton, LSU, whatever. And they wake up in bed together and they both have wedding rings on. Hmm. And then everything starts to go to hell. So they wake up. She wakes up. She looks around. She sees him. She's in her underwear in bed with him. She has a ring on her finger. He has a ring on his finger. She freaks out. Oh, my god! They both freak out. The person who actually lives in the dorm gets home and sees these two people and pepper sprays Ezra in the face. (laughs) 
So we start to then, basically the rest of the book is them trying to retrace their steps. At some point she had, had a con- she fell and had a concussion. So they both don't remember anything that happened. Jeez. She starts to remember pieces, but she doesn't tell him that she's remembering. He doesn't remember anything because he took the Xanax and then was also on drinking heavily. And he literally has like no recollection. Wow. So we go back and forth to the present and to the past and kind of learn about the relationship and what happened and what the breakdowns were. And we learn secrets that that happened back then that, you know, weren't fully discussed and things that were discussed that kind of imploded. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of a wild ride because it's snowing. They're in like a, I don't know exactly where they are, somewhere maybe in Massachusetts, I think. And so it's it's snowing. They're, they look a wreck. Like, she fell and bumped her head. He's pepper sprayed in the face. Like, they're disheveled. They don't know what happened the night before. They're hungover. So they're trying to piece back together all the places that they could have gone to try to figure out what happened and see if they're, like, married to each other. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and while this is happening, Mimi's flight, she said, got canceled. Ezra looks it up. It's not can- It wasn't canceled. It did <gasps> land on time. neither of them can find their phones like they just are just a total mess so they're going around campus trying to figure things out and then things just progressively get worse and they find themselves in some pretty funny um bad situations until we end up finding out like what really happened eventually um but yeah so it sounds entertaining it was entertaining it just i felt like could be done a little bit better if you didn't really know that it was set in the 90s the y2k like wasn't fully immersed Mm. i think that could have been better kind of like um attachments attachments was was done really well and kind of you felt that time period um so anyways i it fell a tiny bit flat but overall it wasn't a bad read yeah like i enjoyed it to a degree just wasn't like fantastic yeah and that's okay so the tea that we're drinking, um, I, after that nasty sweet drink this morning, I like didn't want anything flavorful or fruity or whatever. I just wanted a plain, boring black tea. And that's what we have. Yes, but, it, but it's, it's really good. Yeah. It's good. It's soothing. It's, um, it's the Harney and Sons Orange Pico Tea. So it says, it's a classic, satisfying blend of strong Assam and smooth liquoring Ceylon. A traditional staple in many households, John Harney always drank this tea when he needed a mellow, comforting cup. This sounds familiar. Did we not drink? I don't know. Now that you're saying it, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, obviously, may- it has nothing to do with orange flavor. It doesn't, yeah. it's nothing like that. Um, just for I don't know someone- why it's called Orange Pico. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe like the color Coloring, of the tea leaves yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. We may have drinking this recently, but it was like I. If just, it was, I don't think it was recent. I just opened my cabinet and was like, "This is what we're having." Because I mean, again, it's how it was described. Yeah, I, I drink this very often because it's just a smooth, nice, plain cup of tea. Yep. Can we talk about Wednesday? Yeah, the, the show. show, not mm-hmm. the day. Sure. Although I'm sure the day was fine. Um, <laughs> so, have you watched the whole thing? Yes. Did you love it? I loved it. I really liked it. <laughs> okay, you really liked it. Yeah. But you didn't love it. Um, 
I like binged it. Me too. In like 24 hours. Me too. My mom took Lucia. We were, we've been under the weather for the last few weeks. Like my mother, my sister-in-law's kids or her daughter got sick, I think at school. And then she kind of gave it to them and then they gave it to Miss Anne. And then my mother-in-law who watches my daughter, like we all, everyone just kind of got sick. Like just, just how, been passed around how, the family. How it happened. That happened you know? to us, And too. my mom told me this morning, she's like, I think I'm getting what y'all got, you know, because she's been around Lysia, too. Yep. So we're trying to get over it. Um, it's still been a little, it's been like two weeks, yeah. you know, um, but I think we're on the other end, uh, hopefully, hopefully getting better, obviously. We are getting better. Um, so mom offered to take Lucia one night last week because we had gotten no sleep because she was just miserable and we were up all night one night with her and um, that day that they had her, I binged it. Yeah. And um, it was, it's a good binge. It is. I just, I mean, it's like the perfect, like it's murder mystery. It's, uh, you know, just, I, I've never been like a big Adams Family fan and I liked the Adams family. Like I, I remember watching the two, um, the two main ones. Like not the old, old one. Yeah, I've watched that one too. I believe I don't remember it, but um, the ones with Christina Ricci, mm-hmm. and they're pretty like cult classic, great. Like the the whole scene with Christina Ricci when she goes to the camp, like the summer camp. See, I haven't you seen haven't those. seen it. Ha. <laughs> hilarious and the actors in it are are, I don't know it's just really interesting and really well done and um Angelica Houston is Morticia in that Adams with Christina Ricci she is the best she is the best Morticia ever she was born for that role she's so fantastic um what I have heard is that this Wednesday is more is based more on the original drawings and hmm. characters than that one was, especially in regard to like Gomez and mm-hmm. Uncle Fester. But Uncle Fester in the in the ones with Christina Ricci and um, Angelica Houston is um, oh man, hold on, is Christopher Lloyd. Oh, oh, and he is so great. Joan Cusack is in it as well. I think she's in the second one that they did with all the same characters. I mean, if you haven't seen it, Jamie, you need to watch those two because they're really they're like '90s cult classics. But there's, it's so overdone, and Christina Ricci is wonderful. But um, I did read, or I'm sorry, I listened to um, a snippet of Christina Ricci talking about that and saying how this was so needed to have just the focus on Wednesday, that the other shows were, you know, on all the characters where this focus was specifically on Wednesday and that she thought young girls needed this, like that this was fantastic, that, um, you know, this was written, Tim Burton's directing, really great. Um, well, it sounds like I need to add the those two movies to my watch yeah, list. I think but it's like Adam Family Values, Adam's Family Values, and then there's one other one that I don't, The Adam's Family, I yeah. think is... Um, but yeah, tell me what, I know, I know you loved it. I did. I, I, well, I loved Wednesday, first of all. I mean, she's just so dry and hilarious. I love her sense of humor. Oh, Wednesday, is that the day that you were born? I was born on Friday the 13th. (laughs) Like, she's just so funny. Um, but I also just really enjoyed how they mixed in current day stuff, like Mm -hmm. the use of social media and phones and all that. And, and, 
found a way to make that work with kind of the old school storyline. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I did, I thought some of it was predictable. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, we... If you don't know who the real villain is, I mean, that was just kind of yes. very obvious to Yes, me. I agree. And some of it was kind of like hokey and over the top, but I felt like that's how it was supposed to yes, be. I and agree. I just, yeah. I don't know, just, it made me really happy. Okay, so if you really liked Wednesday, then you need to watch... The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, I'll. I hadn't heard of it, but I'll have to. It's also check on it Netflix. Out. It came out a couple years ago. The first season, in my opinion, was fantastic. Like binged it, loved it. The second season was okay. The third, I didn't even finish. I think I still had like two episodes left, and I didn't finish it. I just felt like it kind of got, like I felt like two seasons for those types of shows is really good, mm-hmm. and then I don't know. It kind of gets repetitive <clears throat> and old. And I don't know if Tim. I don't think Tim Burton did it, but. If you, I think that you would like it. It's, it's a little more, it's a little darker. Okay. But it's supposed to be satirical. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I will check out the two Adams Family movies and I will check out that Sabrina thing. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. (laughs) Okay. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, But I think for now I'm just going to go take a nap. That sounds like a good idea. (laughs) I, I could use a nap also. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers. Cheers.